Arthur Keith is the current general manager of the Statler Hotel and a host of a podcast called What Do You Stand For with Arthur Keith. Prior to returning to Cornell from his undergraduate years, he was the general manager and vice president of hotel operations at numerous hotels and resorts, such as Kalahari Resorts and Conventions, the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas, and the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas, just to name a few. Through his experiences and on his podcast, Arthur Keefe teaches us all the importance of knowing how to manage people and how to translate our experiences into valuable learning and growth opportunities. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hotelie Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Wero. And I'm your co-host, Teo Bielan. Today, joining us is Mr. Arthur Keith. Mr. Keith, how are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So you grew up just an hour away from here, and you've been traveling all over the country, working at multiple locations. What has brought you back to Cornell? Um, one simple word, Students. Um, throughout my career, um, I think I, I realized early on um, my success was all about developing leaders and, and um, helping those that I worked with become the best that they could be. And, you know, so inspiring them and coaching them and enabling them was something that, that I did a lot of. And, and, and the funny thing is throughout my career, I found myself in cities, in different cities, always connecting with local universities um, and spending a, a lot of time speaking on campuses. And so when the opportunity came along to perhaps do that at my alma mater, and, um, I embraced it and ran with it. Oh, truly amazing. So do you think academia has always been something that's part of your journey? I won't say academia because um, that's probably the toughest part of my journey is dealing with the the broader business here, that, that, that's the, you know, the, the, the academic side of what goes on here. Because I, I still think I bring a more of a real-world corporate mindset to wanting to get things done at the pace and, that, that we did in the real world. So, but to be in an environment where you know, constant learning and striving to do more and learn more and grow and develop yourself, that's, that's what I enjoy most about you know, the campus environment. And, and there's a... There's a Gosh, it certainly uh, the campus environment trends younger, and with that comes a different energy level and a focus on the future, and those those are things that absolutely speak to me and you know who I am and what excites me. And going back to the idea of you wanting to mentor students and kind of help them develop their leadership skills, I know you've talked a lot about how you have four pillars, and those four pillars are think big, act small, fail fast, and teach. Do you want to? Give a little bit more in-depth explanation of how you came up with those. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I guess I've been around a while now because I, I stop and think, when did I first start embracing that? And I can honestly say, I don't remember when and how, but I do know at a um, fairly early point in my career, I started embracing the concept of think big, act small, fail fast. And originally it was learn was the fourth pillar. And really, um, as a leader and, and working in businesses and working with leading teams, you know, the think big piece really spoke to striving for excellence and having a vision. And, you know, to be an effective leader, you know, I, th I think it's important that you be able to craft a vision for the team that you're with. And so um, that think big, um, uh, striving for excellence, having a vision, and striving to be the best is really what think big stands for. Think big and then act small. Um, 
having um, a big vision without the ability to execute it and you know kind of detail out what needs to be done. So what are the little things that need to be done to support your vision? That, that's a huge part of Act Small, but it, I think a more important part of Acting Small is our business, and I think leadership's all about relationships and one-on-one relationships and being effective at developing those one-on-one relationships. And, and finally, Acting Small is c- c- coming into it with a sense of being humble. I think you know people react better to a leader that where it's not all about them, but it's you know you're a leader who makes it about the people that you're leading. So think big, act small, fail fast, um, embracing risk. If you if you want to um, grow things, change things, being open to st- um, trying new things, and that usually involves taking some level of risk and um, not being afraid to to, to fail. You know. So, and so if you do fail, you, you step back and, and you, you do just that. You fail fast. Um, and, then, you know, I used to reward leaders that failed because um, I found in creating an environment that failure was, was, was embraced. It just meant we, we did cooler and better things more often versus being tentative. So think big, act small, fail fast. Um, and then initially it was learn. And learn is more of an individual pursuit, you know, but to be an effective leader, you need to be constantly perfecting your craft and understanding, you know, what's the latest and greatest and have to, have to grow personally. But if all you're doing is growing yourself and not taking that knowledge and taking that wisdom and taking that experience and sharing with others, you know, more or less teaching, you, 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 you kind of minimize your impact. So learn, grew into teach. So... Um, which, which really, really, I think, ties to why I'm, I am where I am today, because this is an unbelievable teaching environment. So, taking the, the you know the things I've learned and seen, and the successes, and the, the really cool environments that I've been in, and taking the mistakes that I made along the way, and the relationships that I built along the way, and then teaching others to, that it's possible to do the same thing and how to do the same thing. Mm. So. So along the lines of this teaching aspect, here at the hotel school, we have Statler, the actual hotel itself. And one of the most interesting things that pretty much drew me to this school was that it was a teaching hotel. You go there, and you see every worker there is a student. You know, you have all these people coming in and out, clocking in shifts. I, I worked in the kitchen there. I know Teo was, um, was on concierge. or what, what was it? Front desk. A front desk. So where do you see that students are, you know, excelling? Beca- or how do you see that the hotel is able to, you know, teach these kids these, these different lessons and different experiences at such, you know, very early on in their career? I, I think it's, it's just a huge opportunity for students because to be 18 years old, let's say as a freshman or 19 as a sophomore, and be able to step into a live hotel environment, a luxury hotel environment that's striving to do it at a high level and to actually kind of immerse yourself in it and actually see it and experience and do it yourself, that's one level of learning. And then as you grow, um, be able to um, teach others how to do it. That's another level of learning. And then, you know, you get to see the successes. You get to see this affair, the failures, what works, what doesn't work. Because you learn from all of that. And, and, and to, to do that not just in a classroom environment, it's more theoretical, but to actually walk into a, a live hotel environment and, and um, deal with all the different personalities that are involved in, you know, what our industry is all about. That, that, that's, that's a huge part of it. So um, 
I think I think Statler's a special place in that we make it a safe place for students to come in to do all that, and you get paid while you do it, which to me, I, I think it's a huge benefit for some students because there are many students that need to work while they're in school, and when you can work and work on your craft as you're getting paid and then take what you learn in the classroom and apply it and then grow in, in, in terms of, you know, what you're responsible for or what you're learning, you know, because, you know, you come into the stallion, you start as a, in the kitchen or you start at the front desk and then you can grow and become a supervisor or, or, or chef or, you know, a director of food and beverage, director room or student GM. All those opportunities exist at the Statler, which makes the place really unique. I mean, you can, within four years, you can get that unbelievable education on the school side and, and, and as well as graduate with the title of I've been, you know, student GM of a, of a, of a 150-room luxury hotel. All right. Yeah. So do you see yourself, or so as, as the GM and the managing director of the hotel, and you always think big, what are some things that are coming to the hotel? Um, in terms of the future and what we're working towards, um, one of the realities I think when I walked into the Staller was that it many of the years were dated, so we're putting a lot of time and energy around updating spaces um, and, and, and from design and construction and renovation. We have a long-term plan over the next five years there or five to six years to really touch almost every year to, to update it and bring it into, the, I like to say, the 2020s. We, we still, we've been operating quite well with the 1990s decor, you know, and if you think about many hotels and many restaurants, there's a, there's a um, life cycle of the spaces and the places that you do business in, and we, we, we've gotten our return on, on the spaces that we've been in, it's time to update them. So, um, and, and there, uh, some of that, I'm really motivated to, to do that work and do that work well because when I when I interviewed for the job, I interviewed with a group of uh, um, students in our HLDP Hotel Leadership Development Program that were managers and above, and and one of the things they said was that they really want to see the Statler evolve and grow as a hotel. And the words that they said that really, to this day, I, I hear in my mind all the time was that um, we're not proud of the Statler because we we think it could be a much more compelling hotel, you know. You know, we 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 go off during the summer to other places, and we see these world class hotels, and we come back to the Statler, and we and we don't feel the Statler is on that level right now. So that that, that um, really kind of lit a fire in me to say, okay, let's let's kick the Statler back up so that it is a compelling hotel. And we've done a lot of work around the Statler brand and what's the right design, what's the right decor, what's the right end product that we should be evolving to. Um, so we've been working on that while well, at the same time working on like things like our technology. You know, we've, we've done a lot of work in the last few years to upgrade our t- technology in uh, pretty much all areas and uh, all the operating areas uh, from food and beverage or um, POS system to front desk or PMS or, or um, revenue management system or sales and catering systems. They've all been updated. Um, and, and now we're starting to layer in uh, more guest-facing technology. We're doing a hotel app. We're adding digital signage, which will enable us to embrace um, some real cool internal marketing messaging. And um, so, and then you know, online social media marketing, or those are all things we're, we're embracing now. That's amazing. So, how do you think that? I mean, you've you've worked as a general manager and in hotels pretty much your entire career. And you, you've worked at Venetian Cosmopolitan, the Gaylord, 
amazing hotels. And how do you think it had shifted since, you know, working at these big luxury brands and then kind of moving more to a teaching role? Uh, to me, it's not a shift. I want to say it's a natural progression because I get to take what I, what I saw in those really compelling, um, high-revving brands, and then I get to share it. You know, um, the, the fact that our hotel is um, a little smaller and a little slower at times, it, 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 it affords me time to, to do th- some things and invest in building some relationships and do some teaching and some training um, that I wouldn't be able to do if we were just in some of those crazy environments where you're just busy all the time. So like Lucas was saying, Mr. Keith, you've been... You got, and and I, I appreciate the Mr. Keith, but part of who I am as a leader is it's Arthur. Arthur. Yes. Perfect. Thank so you, Arthur, like Lucas was saying, you've been in a lot of general manager positions, and I think what's really relevant for students at the Cornell Hotel School is that we are ambitious and we want to you know, sometimes jump the ladder, right? We want to make it to that those top spots right after graduation. So what do you have to say on the importance of first working on operations? Uh, first off, I want to say there's nothing wrong with having the desire to want to jump the ladder. I, I want to believe that's going to, when, when that fire and energy is, is, is pointed appropriately, it's going, to, uh, it's going to compel you to focus on doing great work and to, to, to go after things in, in, at a high level. So in terms of, you know, advice I have on, you know, being patient and understanding that there's a path that you have to go through and there's some steps that you have to go through. When you're 22 years old, I mean, a year or two feels like a long time. And it's really not. And really what I would say is have the long-term vision of where you're going, what you're going to create, and understand along the way there's some steps that you're going to have to take some some roles that you're going to have to 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 do in order to create what you want to create long term, and then be patient with it and, and enjoy the ride. It's not you're not you're not going to make a career out of your first couple roles. You're not, but those are steps along the way. For me, for me, you know, in the first I don't know five to eight years of my career felt, felt like it just took forever. Um, but as I sit back now and look back on those years, they were really, really important because they laid a foundation for me. And then, and then I hit a point where things just kind of accelerated much faster than I thought they would. And another question I have is throughout your time as GM, you worked on many different kinds of, of owners, brands, operators. How has your experience varied when working with different groups? Um, I wish I could say I was really astute when it, when it, when it comes to understanding how to work effectively, effectively with all those groups. Um, I found myself being more effective in the corporate environment, which, where it was more, I don't want to say it, um, metrics-driven, logics-driven, business-driven, than in an independent owner environment where I found that that was more personality driven, more emotionally driven, and 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 I never became affected at understanding how to manage that environment. But I and I throw that out there because um, that was um, in my journey. That was part of my continual learning and development and understanding that there was a need to change. That's why I love this question. That there was a need to to be different in the, in the different environments, to understand how best to connect connect with and meet the needs of the leadership that, that you're working under. 
Um, I, I, I can't say I was an expert at that. I'll say I'm knowledgeable now that there's a need to do that, but you know, figuring out how to do it in all the different environments is something that I would encourage anyone who wants to grow to, to make a priority. So for students that are looking to go, go into hotels, mm-hmm. either corporate or the independent route, what advice do you give them for you know starting out? Like wh- where should they where should they start? I don't, anywhere, just start start and um, whatever position you take, view it from the standpoint you want to learn the business, you want to learn the business side of the business, and you want to learn the leadership side of the business because. Um, Get the, the background that Cornell is giving everyone, you're not going to stay in that role forever. But in, in most cases, you're going to join a company, right? Or you're going to join a group of individuals who have a culture, who have um, things that are important to them, and, and understanding what is important to the group or company that you work for and making sure you're meeting their expectations and so that they see you as someone um, who's embracing who they are, you got to first and foremost do that if you're, if you're going to have the opportunity to grow. You know, um, having all the answers at 22 and believing that it's only, uh, that your way is the only way of doing things um, when you're with a company or with a group of individuals is not going to lead to your success. It's going to lead to someone saying you don't get who they are. So you got to first get... get Get um, what the company is you're working for. Prove yourself as a you know a valuable resource, and then add value to what they're doing. Then take your smarts, take your t- take your creativity, and add value to what they're doing. You know, solve some problems for them, create some things for them that they see value in. Um, not necessarily things that you think are valuable, but things that the leadership around you sees is, is valuable. And those people tend to give opportunities to the people around them that create and do things that are valuable to them. Um, So for students that, you know, in in your experience and doing all these amazing things at hotels, for students that are looking to get into it, what are skill sets that you've developed and things that you've done that you found very beneficial in your journey that maybe students could start working on now? um, Two things, the people side, the numbers side. And as, as a leader, you need to be the type of leader that people want to be around and work for um, and, 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 and follow. Um, so, and I think the best leaders that can do that are the ones that really put their people first. You know, um, as a young leader, how can you support the people around you? And when, when, they, when they have a sense that you were there to support them, then they're going to turn around and support you. But I think you have to put yourself out there first as supporting the people around you. Um, and then the number side is, that's the business side. If you, as you, whatever business you walk into, what are the drivers in the business? You know, and figuring out, hmm, what, what drives the business? And is there, is there something in this business that I can have an impact on, be it on the revenue side or the cost side or the marketing side? And what is it that I see that others aren't seeing? And what, what are things that I can create or draw attention to that others are missing? So take the analytical skills that you develop at Cornell and then apply them to the, the numbers side of the business, you know, the, or the metrics driving the business. 
So one of the things that I found really interesting here at the hotel school was that you're taking all these classes that, you know, at least here at literally the hotel school, they teach you hotel classes, mm -hmm. which is exactly why I came here. Right. And what I found is, you know, I'm learning these things in class. Professor Dave Roberts, he's a, uh, he t teaches uh, hotel operations. And I remember I used so much of what I learned in that class when I had my first internship at this hotel. And I, what, I, what I found was that, you know, you don't really learn something until you actually apply it. You can read as much as you can, and it'll only teach you so much. But when I actually got to apply and use the things that I really learned, it, it cemented it in my mind more than it had before mm -hmm. when I was just reading the textbook. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I'm, our industry often attracts people to it who are outstanding with how they communicate and connect with others. Um, but to really run a successful hotel, you have to understand the, the business side and the numbers side of it. And, and the, the best hoteliers are the ones that can connect with the people. And I keep coming back. You connect with the people, but you can also talk numbers. You can, you can use numbers to help you make decisions. You can use the numbers or the, or the, the profit and loss statements to help you identify problems. And then you can, in identifying what solutions are, you, you apply numbers and logic and to, um, to whatever recommendations you have. When you go out and do that in the real world, you, you will put yourself very quickly in the top 10%. Because I've been in unbelievable hotels. Where they, oh, they produce great food. They, they, do, they do great events. They're outstanding with handling difficult guests. But they can't talk effectively to the numbers side of the business. So it may sound like a low bar, but it's a bar that if you prove that you can jump over that, you get recognized for very quickly. Um, which is why I love the fact that the Nolan School, there is a heavy emphasis on the business side of what we do. That's, that's how the business has evolved from when I was a student to what it is today. The, the, the number of ancillary um, departments or resources that are out there that help um, hotels or restaurants or, or you know, hospitality companies um, do the analytics, is, 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 it's, it's much deeper than it ever has been. And so I, I kind of want to go back to the people side of business mm -hmm. and the, the aspect of leadership. It's kind of been the underlying theme in a lot of the conversations we've had so far with you. So have you had any sort of mentors along your journey or leaders that you really looked up to that kind of showed you um, the ways in, in, in which you want to teach leadership to students today? I've, I've had a lot. You know, there's that old adage out there that says, um, when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've had um, a, a number of leaders. I mean, my first department head role, I, I had a, I was, I was a, um, Leading a team at um, a hotel in D.C., the Mayflower Hotel, I was front office manager. I had a team, I don't know, 30, 40 people, and, and it was a union hotel, and and um, I was the nicest guy in the world. I just was. You know, I, I always thought to be a great leader, you just need to be nice to the people, and they'll like you. And and, and I, I remember uh, my boss, Catherine Mororek, she was the director of the room. She, she told me one day in a meeting, quote, unquote, Arthur, you need to stop eating sh and spitting up daisies. I remember sitting there and me and thinking, what? Yeah, Arthur, look at me. You need to stop eating sh and spitting up daisies. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? She said, you're, you're too nice. You, you know, I, I love the fact that you're nice, but there are times when your people aren't performing well and you're not effective at telling them that. They're missing the mark. So you need to stop eating sh 
and spitting up daisies. They need to know when they're not performing well, and you need to become more effective at telling them that. And I was sitting there, I'm taking all this in. I remember taking a pad of paper and drawing a daisy. And to this day, I still see the daisy with that, with the stem and the petals on it. And I'm like, stop eating spitting up daisies. So and at, at, at that point in my career, I kind of got that, yes, you need to be inspirational. You need to connect with your team. You need to be su- supportive. And, and, you know, and, and, and that works effectively often when you're dealing with, because I think, Teams fall into three different buckets. Your A players, your B level players, and your C level players. So your A's and B's respond well in the, in the environment I had been creating. But then I had C players who just weren't doing what they needed to be doing, and they were failing and they weren't being addressed. And had I not learned to start addressing the C players, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. And and she she just the way she phrased it to this day, I still remember that, and, and it, it, it's it's something I come back to. In my mind, often to yeah, you, you you gotta deliver the hard message. You gotta know how to bring out the best or, or, or challenge your C players to be better, and not accept them not being better. And then at times you have to make those tough calls on C players. So that's an example of one mentor along the way. But there 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 have been there have been many, and it's been um it, it's been very 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 impact for my career thank you for that i love that love yeah. that advice um i i have actually a fun question for you what has been your favorite you know hotel that you've worked with i know you, you helped open the venetian cosmopolitan what what what's been the the best moment what's exciting what what's it gets you going when you're at these hotels uh i mean the the, the two hotels that really get me jazzed when i think about what we did there what we accomplished there would be, um, one would be uh, Gaylord Opryland. Um, that that was a hotel that had been open for a number of years, had had a high level of success, but had uh, started slipping, and we were able to come in, and energize it, and get it back on track, and 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 take it to a whole nother level. Um, that was a hotel I was named um, GM of the Year at for the American Hotel Lodging Association, uh, and then the Cosmopolitan. Which you know, when we opened that property, it was the most expensive hotel to be built to date in Las Vegas at you know two to four billion. And and I remember standing in the ballroom uh, New Year's Eve um, when we were throwing our, our grand opening celebration, and it was uh, Jay Z and Coldplay were the were the grand opening acts in the ballroom. And I, and we had, we invited fifteen hundred people. In order to get invited to this party, you had to be a A list celebrity. So um, I remember standing there thinking, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm here. This is cool. Because everywhere you turn, you know, like Mark Wahlberg, and I, I just kept running into people. And it's one thing, when you see the movie stars on the big screen, you, you kind of recognize them, you know who they are. But when you see them in real life, they always look smaller. All right? And you have to stop and think about, wait a minute, is that? <laughs> we were at a black tie dinner. And Mark Wahlberg comes strutting into the dinner wearing a pair of blue jeans and a, and a black leather jacket. And I remember thinking, when you're that cool, you can dress however you want and whatever event you go to, and people are glad to see you. So, oh, Truly amazing. Yeah. So as our time up on the podcast is coming to an end, I want to ask you one last question that we all ask everyone. You've had a very successful journey. What's something that you learned along this journey that you wish you knew earlier that you could provide to students now? You can sit there and chart what you think your career is going to be. 
just be open to things not going the way you think they're going to go. Be flexible. Be nimble. And then take what the world gives you and make good decisions along the way. You can't control everything around you. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for coming Certainly. on the podcast. Thank you. thank you for having me. This has been another episode of the Hotelier Podcast. We thank everyone for watching. Catch you guys next time. Thank you.